praise God, praise God. I never cease to be amazed at the grace of God and the goodness of the Lord. How great His presence is, just to be able to sense Him, to know that He's near. What a privilege. Amen. Don't be afraid of the presence of God. Just open yourself and let God do something special in your life today. Amen. Let God have His way. Praise God. So good to see you today. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. It is good to see my father-in-law in church today. Amen. We had a little scare this week, but the Lord has been gracious and good, and we're thankful for that. I'm so glad that he is feeling well enough to be in service. He's one of those guys that just takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Amen. Great to have Sister Creel here. Always a treat to have this precious lady. The Bankins, Sarah's parents and sister, we're so glad they're here today. What a blessing, what a precious presence of God. I hope you don't ever take this for granted, church. I was privileged to be in a place this week and help in a transition service. But I will tell you, there was nothing that went on that compares to what I have experienced here this morning. And I am so very thankful for that. Amen. God's good. Amen. Now... If I could preach as well as they just sang, we'll be all right. I hate to follow them because they put a lot of pressure on you. Genesis chapter 13, for a few moments, if you will. Genesis chapter 13, begin reading with verse number 1 down through verse number 4. All of our visitors, we thank you for being here today. And it reads like this, And Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with them into the south. And Abraham, or Abram, was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel. One translation seems to indicate that when he left Egypt, he did not stop until he got to Bethel. Unto the place, everybody say, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai. Unto the place, everybody say, the place. Again, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abraham, or Abram, called on the name of the Lord. I told you that we were going to do these keys until Pentecost Sunday, but I have one more. Can I share it with you this morning? I want to talk to you about the key to recovery. The key to recovery. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There's something about the Bible that always intrigues me, and that is that it never attempts to varnish over or to whitewash or conceal 
or even deny the faults and failures of humanity. Even the best of men are often seen in their weakest moments in Scripture. What is on display is not always a pretty sight. It is embarrassing at times to see humanity in its weakness. The incident that we have read from has to go back to understand it properly to the previous chapter, God's calling of Abram out of the land of Ur, bringing him to what would become known as the promised land. His journey began some 600 miles away. Now, I don't know how long it took by foot or even by camel, but at best, Uh, They probably did not make more than 30 or 40 miles a day. So it was a journey, 600 miles. They didn't get on a bus or get on a plane and arrive in a few moments, but it was truly a journey. God called him out of Ur with only a promise, with only a word that if you will follow me, I'm going to bless you. And Abram was willing to leave all that he had, his family, his friends. He left it all behind to obey the call of God. And when he arrived in this new place, the Bible said that he came to Bethel and he pitched his tent between Bethel and Hai. And it was there at that moment that he built his first altar. It was to be a very important facet of his spiritual journey. He felt the need after that long journey of faith to connect with God and to reconnect to his divine purpose. And I I don't know the, the length of time that transpired between chapter 12 and the latter portion of that chapter, but... Somewhere after having arrived in the promised land, the Bible said that a famine came into the land. And Abraham, or Abram as he was known at that time, did something that was uncharacteristic of this man of faith. Famine seemed to send a panic into his life and He failed to see that if God could call him 600 miles and keep him in that long journey, then certainly God could keep him through a famine. And yet in his weakness and in his flesh, he determined that he would go to Egypt because in Egypt they heard that there was plenty And so he seems to move with confidence in his own wisdom. And Abraham reverted back to his own means of saving himself. And he goes down to Egypt to find help in this time of famine. And by doing so, he set in motion events that would result in him acting in in, 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 a, in, in a way that we could not even fathom. A man of 
such great faith would find himself in a predicament in Egypt where he was fearful of losing his wife and so he colluded with her to lie about who she was and pretend to be his sister so that she would not be taken away from him. And there in that setting, you read the story, you'll find that eventually it came to light that Pharaoh came to understand that it was not a sister, but it was his wife. And he was very troubled and disturbed and a lot of things that happened there. And he almost lost his life and his wife in, in, in one moment because of a decision that he had made that didn't seem to have any weight or consequence to it at the time. But he made it without consideration of God's purpose. And the question that came to my mind when I read this a few months ago was how, how could a man who had given his life up to walk under God's direction have fallen so low that now a heathen king rebukes his deception. It was because Abram was operating out of his own flesh and he was operating out of his own wisdom. There is no doubt that Abraham suffered a great spiritual loss in Egypt. And, and the reason I know that is because of his actions afterward. He may have left Egypt in one piece, but he did not leave there without his spiritual life being in tatters. Something had happened. Faith had been undermined, and it was on slippery footing at best. What I want to point out to you this morning is that when he arrived back in Bethel, the first place that he wanted to go, the place that he had to get to, was the altar that he had built in the beginning. He didn't do like a lot of us do in times when we fail or collapse or when we make a mess out of our life that we try to grovel in our self-contempt and we ignore or we act like we didn't do anything or we cover it up and try to hide our mistake and go on like everything was okay he didn't fall into despair, but he went to the place that he knew would help him in the recovery of his lost faith. And there in that moment at an altar, he was able to recapture and regain something that was lost when he went down into Egypt. His life began at an altar and it must stay connected to an altar and now in this time of spiritual disorientation, he had lost his bearings and he had lost his sense of direction. He realized that in order to go forward, he was going to have to go back to an altar. And by retracing his steps back to Bethel, he seems to acknowledge that he should have remained there in the first place that he should not have left to begin with. But being as things were, he knew that the only way he could get back what he had lost was to get back to an altar. He felt the need and the desire to reconnect. And somehow he realized that at an altar, 
That's where you can recover from your spiritual losses. At an altar is where you can regain your spiritual perspective. That no matter what happens in your life, no matter what your decisions or choices may have produced in your life, that if you can find a way back to the altar, if you can find a way back to that place of communion with God, you can get back some things that have been lost or that have been left behind. And he recognized that the way of recovering from his own failure and the way of recovering from his own setback was to go back to the altar and begin there. And only from beginning there could he recover. Understanding his need of that crucial time in his life is a very important lesson to all of us this morning Because it doesn't matter what you or I have done. It it doesn't matter the bad choices or the poor decisions that we've made in life or doing things our own way. What really matters is that when we get to that place of brokenness that we know where to turn to and we know where to go in our time of trouble. That doing the right thing sometimes requires me going back to an old place. Whatever problems or troubles have been the result of my actions, the way that I can recover from all of that is to get back to an altar. The only place that I can right my wrongs and align my life with God's purpose for my life is to get back to that place where it all began, the altar. You see, we all know something of the humbling experiences of life. And I think all of us sitting here at one time or another have tasted failure. We leave that first altar of love and devotion to God, and it's not long until something tries to undermine that. And we are not always at our best. We are not always Christian. We are not always spirit-filled, born-again believers that we claim to be. Sometimes we act out of character. And sometimes we make decisions that are not always the wisest. And sometimes those decisions put us in predicaments that we scratch our head and wonder how in the world did I get here. Amen. When Abraham got there, the only thing he could think of is, if I can get back to that altar, I can get things back in the right alignment. If I can get back to that place of communion with God, if I can get back to that place where God laid his hand upon me, he can help me recover what I have lost. When I've collapsed under the pressures of life, the way to get back up is to find an altar because at an altar there is strength to get back up and go again. Amen. Even the best among us, even the most gifted among us stumble at times and fall. There are times that all of us act out of character and we we are not living our lives based on faith, but we live based on fear. And we walk not by faith, but by sight. And in those times, the most important thing to remember is that what you've done is not irreplaceable or irrecoverable, I should say. 
But if you can find a way to get back to an altar, if you can find a way to come back to that place where you connected with God, something can happen in that moment that can realign your life and put you back in the place where you need to be. What do you do when you've failed? And where do you go when you've lost your spiritual bearings? And where do you go to get back that love that has been lost? And where do you go to recapture that lost fire and zeal? And where do you go to reclaim that vision or that perspective of life? Where do you go to get back the thing that you've lost? You'll find it at an altar The only one place that I know of where a man can recover from the worst of falls is at an altar. The only place that I know of where an individual can get back what they've lost is at an altar. The key to recovery is the altar where the journey began. And there are no other channels of spiritual blessing that can do for you what one trip to an altar can do. Amen. Everyone needs a place to recover. Everybody needs a place where we can realign our priorities. How often in life they get messed up. Some of yours are messed up right now. There's some of you sitting under the sound of my voice this morning that have put your emphasis on some things that really don't matter. And they have become the focus of your attention and your desire. And you're pouring yourself, your resources, your time, your energy. But it's all going to wind up for nothing in the end. It's going to somehow, somewhere along the way, you're going to act out of character because that's not where you belong and that's not what your priority should be. And if you could hear a preacher this morning that would help you, I would tell you that if you can find your place to an altar today, God can realign those priorities and put them back where they need to be. When you've failed, you need a place where you can come and repent of your failures. And let me tell you something, church. Repentance has not gone out of style around Greater Life Church. I was listening a few weeks ago to some men talking, and I heard someone make a statement that in their church now, they don't sing any song that would cause people to want to shout. They don't sing any song that would rouse any kind of spiritual emotion in people because they don't want that. They, they want a control atmosphere. I'm here to tell you something this morning. I, I need a place that I can come to, that I can feel the liberty to worship Him in whatever means or manner that I, I, I have need of, that there's a place where I can dance before the Lord. There's a place where I can rejoice and shout in the presence of God because there's something I've got to get back. There's something I've got to recover. And the only place I can get it back is in the house of God and at the altar of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. There are times that I've had to come to church and dance my way to victory, not dance because I had victory. 
There are times I've had to come to church and worship my way to victory, not worship because I had victory. Because I have discovered that if I can just get to an altar, it doesn't matter how messed up my life is. It doesn't matter how many bad decisions that I've made or mistakes that I've made. When I can get to that altar, something happens in that place that can realign my priorities. It can put me back in the place that I need to be. It can help me regain those things that, I have, that I've lost. To repair what's been broken, people need an altar. To discover a right perspective, people need an altar. To reclaim spiritual power, people need an altar. To regain our spiritual equilibrium, people need an altar. We need a place of spiritual alignment. The place of spiritual alignment is the altar. It is that place of communion and there's nothing else that can replace the altar. The place where you can go to recover from a broken heart. You know where that's at? It's at an altar. The place where you can go and recover from a failed marriage. You know where that's at? It's at an altar. The place you can go and recover from a a family heartache. You know where that's at? It's at an altar. You know where you can go and recover from a financial disaster? It's at an altar. Do you know where you can come and recover from an emotional meltdown? It's at an altar. Do you know where you can come and recover from a spiritual collapse? It's at an altar. You can recover from defeat. You can recover from grief. You can recover from resentment. You can recover from bitterness. You can recover from hatred. You can recover from wounds. You can recover from hurts and pains that you have suffered in your life, you can do it at an altar. You can do it in the presence of God. I've never seemed to understand all of the mercy of God, but I know this. His grace is greater than my worst sin. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. That there's nothing too dirty that he can't make worthy. There's nothing too soiled. There's nothing so messed up that an, an, an opportunity at an altar could not help right. It's where we recover from setbacks. It's where we come to regain our hope. Man, some people need to regain their hope this morning. You know what hope is? Hope it is an expected future of God's blessings. That's what hope is. And some of you have lost your hope. You look to the future, but you don't look to it with an anticipation that is full of God's blessing. You look at it as if it's just another repeat of the disaster I've been through. I'm going to tell you where you can recover from that. When you get to an altar, God can touch your mind and your life, and He can give you a clear vision of what the future holds. And it holds the blessing of God. It holds the goodness of God. It holds the mercy of God. He has a good future for you. And you need to recapture that lost hope this morning. You need to see your your life in a different light. You know where you can recover from bad relationships? You know where you can recover from lost desires? 
Amen. You know where you can get back what the devil has taken from you? Yeah. You can, you can pray your way through it. You can pray your way out of it. You can worship your way out. I was thinking last night of Paul and Silas in the prison. The Bible said they prayed and sang praises unto God. And the Lord said, you know what? There's nothing, there's not a prison that anybody's in that prayer cannot get them out of. There is not a prison anywhere in this world or any other world that cannot be broken when people learn how to worship and they learn how to praise me. There's not any, I don't care what kind of incarceration it might be, there is no prison that can hold a man or a woman that knows how to pray or they know how to worship God. Because there's something that happens when we pray. There's something that transpires when we worship Him. He's not just going to take our worship. He's going to give back to us. And when He gives back to us, He's going to give back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He's going to bless me far more than I bless Him. But if I will initiate it, God will in turn pour out on me blessings that I cannot contain. Man, where do you get it back? You get it back at an altar. Amen. The altar was the place where we can do more to see clearly into the future than any other place in our life. If you're confused in your life right now and you don't know what to do, you need to find an altar this morning because an altar can help clear that up. An altar can position you to be worked on by God where God can do the things in your life that need to be worked on. He can correct the attitude. He can correct the spirit. A man is always safe that lingers at an altar. How we need that altar this morning in this place. Amen. The way back is many times to an altar. Many things happen when we come to an altar. We regain our focus. It brings the favor of God back into our life. It refixes our mindset It fixes our priorities. There's guidance that's found at an altar. It's a great place to repent. Amen. And make things right. An altar is where provision is found for the future. There the trial of faith is mitigated at an altar. The altar is a place of revelation. God shows us things at an altar. An altar is where our faith can be strengthened and our soul nourished at an altar, we reconnect to His promise. Amen. Amen. How many times in life do we get away from God's promise for our life because of decisions or actions or whatever you want to... It moves us into a place that we shouldn't be. But if we can just get back to an altar. Amen. If we can just find our way back to that place and get reconnected with Him, we can recover We can get it back. Amen. It's not lost forever. The key to recovery is simply finding a place to reconnect with God. That's what really matters this morning. Amen. Would you stand with me? All that God has done and all that He has promised, it can be experienced at an altar. God's willingness to help me. God's willingness to save me. His willingness to restore me. All of it can be found here. A lost love, a lost fire, a lost desire, 
a, a lost vision, a lost hope. Whatever it is, whatever it is, if you can find your way to an altar this morning, if you can make this place an altar, you really don't even have to come. The altar is not necessarily at the front of this building. The altar is the place where you are willing to submit yourself to God and recognize, God, I've got to have you. I've lost some things in my life. I've let some things slip away from me. I've been acting out of character lately. I've been acting not like a child of God. But I, I want... I want that. I want that. I want, to, I want your blessings on my life. I want your favor on my life. I want your hand upon my life. Is there anybody here this morning that's interested in that? Anybody here this morning that would like to get back something that's been lost? Amen. Hope, love, faith. Amen. You know, Sometimes our faith gets lost in the mix of life. Things that we thought should happen didn't happen. You know, it's, it's strange that God would call Abram 600 miles from Ur into a place that was about to be stricken by famine. But maybe it was just a test of his faith. And Abraham failed and he resorted to his own means to try to fix the problem, which is not unlike what most of us do. When we pray and God doesn't answer our prayer the first time, we immediately set in motion our own plans, and in the process, we lose some things. Amen. Amen. But Abraham knew where to get it back. He said, if I could just get to Bethel, and he would not stop when he left Egypt. He made his way straight back to that place because he knew there, there in that place, that's, that's where I can recover what I've lost. That's where I can get back the faith that's been shattered, the faith that's been broken. That's where I can get back my commitment, my dedication, my consecration. Would you take somebody by the hand this morning? We're going to pray right now. Holy Ghost, I'm asking you to help me right now. I don't know how to give this altar call because really this whole building needs to be an altar because there are needs all over this congregation, people who've lost things. They've lost their way. They've lost their sense of purpose. They've lost their, their right priorities. They've misplaced so many things in their life. God, you're able, you're able to help us today to realign those priorities in our life, to realign our vision with your vision, to realign our purpose with your purpose. I'm asking you right now, Lord, to touch the heart. I'm asking you, Lord, to renew the life. I'm asking you to revive the soul. Breathe upon somebody today. Someone, Lord, who has become dry and they're, they're bleached like the bones in the valley. Oh God, would you let your spirit move upon them this morning and revive and rekindle.
that fire that has been lost in their life, that zeal, that determination, that hunger for God, that desire to do the will of God, that's been lost along life's way, that's been lost in the mix of life, that somehow they can reach out and take hold of your hand again. They can take hold of your promises again and anon. No one Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.